Hi, I'm Brianna Guntz, and this is Music Wave. With me today, I have the rising pop sensation you may have heard her on TikTok, M. Byhold. Welcome. So we're going to start at the very beginning. How did you get started in music? So I've been playing piano since I was six and writing songs since I was seven. Quite a while. <laughs> Are your parents musical then? No. My mom, she's from Iran and she would always sing me Persian lullabies, like going to bed, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily go as far as to say musical. Do you ever get a little bit tired of life like you're not really happy but you don't want to die like you're hanging by a thread but you gotta survive cause you gotta survive what inspired that interest in music for you? When I first started playing piano, I remember like I was passing a piano store and I just saw one in the window and I thought kids who play instruments are so cool that, you know, I want to be cool. So I asked my parents if I could get a piano and start taking lessons and they said as long as you practice, which I certainly was not great at doing, but I promised anyway. And then, yeah, just started taking lessons and also like joined orchestra and jazz band in school and it just kind of all went off from there. What did you play in orchestra? I actually played the glockenspiel and I don't like the glockenspiel, but you had to play something in orchestra in order to be in jazz band. And jazz band was the one I really wanted because I could play piano and I could also sing and I could do like improvisation on, you know, blues chords and stuff like that. But, you know, they put me, they put me in percussion, which wasn't where I belonged, but I was willing to make the sacrifice to be in jazz band. So you've been a published musician since 2017. What inspired you to share your music with other people? My biggest idol was Regina Spector and she was doing the whole artist thing, like writing songs and releasing them. And it just kind of seemed like what happens when you write a song, you would want other people to hear it. I never really thought about my songs only being for me. Yeah, I was excited about the idea of having my stuff on streaming platforms. And even before 2017, I think in sixth grade, I released a single with a friend and it was quite bad, but just the prospect of it being on iTunes was super exciting. Do you ever get a little bit tired of life? Like you're not really happy, but you don't want to die. Like a numb little bug that's gotta survive, that's gotta serve. What's changed with you making and producing music in 2017 to now? So... In 2017, I was writing by myself, and now, because of TikTok and just doors opening, I've had the opportunity to write with a lot of people and meet a lot of producers, which has all been really exciting and I'm grateful for it, but in truth, I haven't really had time to write myself anymore. And so it's interesting to like branch out from that love that you had yourself and, and learn how to do it collaboratively. And you know, in writing sessions with other people, there's definitely a fair amount of compromising that you have to do. It's a skill that takes some time, for sure. It's easy to say I'm okay, but this smile I'm wearing is fake. I'm suffocating. Looking at TikTok as kind of a foundation in your career, can you tell me about how TikTok has played a role in your music career? I graduated June 2020 from college in my living room, and I was applying to jobs, and no one was getting back to me. And you know, the fun little depression, anxiety spiraling began. And all my friends had TikTok and they were talking about it and I didn't really get it, but I downloaded it because they had it. 
When I downloaded it, I really thought I was gonna delete it within 24 hours, but then I posted a cover of me singing some Dua Lipa song. I think I had like five followers and it got 300 views. And I was like, that's crazy. Like how could 300 people see it when I have five followers? Cause that metric doesn't make sense on Instagram or something like that. So then I just started posting my original song snippets and slowly but surely like they started taking off a little more and more and the first one that did well was called City of Angels and it got like, I don't know, 300,000 plays. I didn't realize it could get crazier like Numb Little Bug, so I definitely owe TikTok a whole lot for growing my career. Yeah, so around the time of Groundhog Day, which was my single right before Numb Little Bug, the song was doing well, so I was meeting with a lot of different labels and dream situations I never <laughs> would have expected myself to be in. But with Mary, who's the head A&R of Moon Projects, it just felt different because it wasn't just like, we'll blow your music up and you know, you can you could be opening for blah, blah, blah and playing on SNL, whatever. Like she said all the right things, but also just proved that she cared about me as a human and she also saw me as a long-term artist and not just a flash in the pan because of a viral moment. And that was super important to me. What has that support from having a label behind you and your music been like? Oh, insane. I mean, there's the question of like waiting longer to sign because I think you can do it independently, but my argument was that a label just puts so much more fuel behind the fire. I mean, with all the radio stuff going on, that's something that I never could have done. And also like the fact that it's getting a million streams a day, I don't think would be possible without a label and the resources and also international strategies and, and all that. So I'm super grateful for, for Republic and Moon. To tell you you're pretty, you're enough. So it goes, I don't know what the feelings like to be comfortable with a stranger you kind of mentioned it earlier and i wanted to go a little more in depth numb little bug gained a ton of traction on social media specifically tiktok did that surprise you i mean i'm always surprised when something goes viral because i don't think i necessarily post with the intention of this will go viral I write the songs about how I'm feeling and not necessarily trying to capture like other people's feelings. The initial video that went viral got like 6 million views and that was I think in August of 2021 and the song wasn't ready for months so I was a little nervous it wouldn't catch on again. It did and I was very fortunate for that. Used to say if you ever made it I'd be the first call and life would stay fairly the same. What inspired that song? During the time of Groundhog Day, when I was talking to all the labels, I was also on antidepressants. I didn't realize that antidepressants could take the highs away as well as the lows. So I just wasn't feeling anything. I was overwhelmed. I was burnt out. I was being put into a lot of sessions and like writing with people every day. But it was just, it was like my dream happening, but too severely. <laughs> I don't know how to explain that. So I was freaked out because I just wasn't really feeling anymore. And I remember I wrote the first line of the chorus. Do you ever get a little bit tired of life? Like you're not really happy, but you don't want to die. And I wrote that while I was driving and I had to pull over to take a voice memo of it because I was excited that I finally found the words for how I was feeling. You know, we go in and out of that state a little bit, but it's not permanent. That's a super vulnerable thing to share with other people. 
Do you feel intimidated sharing that vulnerability? Have you been able to connect with other people in your audience for sharing those vulnerable aspects? No, I've always been too much of an open book. I've always been very blunt. I don't really get embarrassed about stuff like that because everyone has emotions. Everyone's been tired of life, I think. But it's interesting because I remember when I first played the song for my parents, they were kind of like, are you sure you want to be saying this? And, and also in some of the TikToks, I had like pill bottles and they were saying, you know, you putting pill bottles in your videos makes you look unstable. And I was like, no, it's kind of the norm nowadays. It's like the way the millennials relate to each other. I don't feel bad about it. And I think over time they understood. Yeah, I mean, I've been getting tons of DMs from people saying, I've always felt this, but I never knew how to describe it. Or I showed this song to my therapist or my parents or friends, and you know, they're finally understanding what I'm going through. It also reached a demographic on TikTok of moms with postpartum depression who are like singing along to the lyrics. And that's crazy to me because I haven't had a kid and I don't know what that feels like. But the fact that what I wrote can like cover their emotions is extremely gratifying. What matters to me more than any of the numbers is just the community that surrounds the song. You kind of went into it a little bit, but Groundhog Day and Numb Little Bug both have very big mental health aspects to it. What have some of your experiences with mental health struggles been like? I've always grown up feeling different, not necessarily fitting into the crowd. So that's a feeling that I write about a lot. And the next single that we're planning on called Too Precious is also about just being excluded. So in those songs, you open up about feelings of depression or anxiety. In Groundhog Day, you talk a little more specifically about watching some of your friends on a more quote unquote traditional path than pursuing music as a career. What have been some of your experiences with that anxiety or depression? What's going on in your head? I mean, definitely some spiraling, some intense spiraling, which is why I started on the antidepressants. And also, I just want to say, like, I know that that can be a solution for a lot of people. But for me, it was just not the right choice. It just gets ugly up there sometimes. I don't even know quite how to describe it, but you know, a dark cloud where sometimes even like I can recognize that there's no reason to be that upset from the outside. I'm like, there's really, you know, in the grand scheme of things and the light at the end of the tunnel, there's no reason for you to be feeling this way, but sometimes it's just chemical and you can't control it. When you feel like that, who's your go-to support system? Definitely my mom. My mom is my rock. She doesn't judge me for being like that. Even if I'm crying and I just need a hug, she'll just stay there and hug me for as long as I need. So endlessly grateful for her. And living with my parents, well, not the greatest thing to be doing at 23, is very useful when I need to talk to her. Going off that just a little bit, being 23 and living with your parents and pursuing a career that is a little more off the beaten road, is it difficult to relate to friends? It's been starting to. I think before music started working, I was jealous of my friends who had that stability in their life with the job job, because I just, I've had little job jobs here and there, and the nine to five thing, it just doesn't work for me. I just can't do it. So I feel very fortunate that we're in this position. Even, you know, right now, even though things are going well on the outside, not everything is like rainbows and roses in my head. And it's difficult to communicate to friends because they don't quite understand what's going on. 
How have you been working through that then? Still working through it. Looking a little bit more at your music, what are some of your goals for music in the future? My biggest goal is to play SNL, which I don't think is near, but one day would be nice. Also, there is some talks of a tour situation, so that would be super fun. But my biggest goal always is to create an inclusive space with my music and for people to feel like they're not alone and that it's kind of a home. I just, I want to be able to do that at the end of the day. A fault is a fault and a cry is a cry. I've made some mistakes, no, I'm not gonna lie. I've seen the world fall apart right in front of my eyes. I'm a victim of myself. How do you start that writing process then? How do you start creating? So funny enough, often little song snippets will pop into my head and I'll either take a voice memo of them or I'll like run to the piano and figure them out. It's more difficult for me to like sit down and try to think of something. It's usually a spark of inspiration. I'm able to sit down and do it if I have to, but it feels more forced. And the popping in my head feels like a superpower, I guess. Does it always start as a phrase or a lyric in your head, or does it ever start as like a melody? It usually starts as a lyric, sometimes for a feeling I'm conscious of, and sometimes one that's kind of in the back of my mind that I haven't realized until the lyric comes to me. Sometimes I'm able to be my own therapist, which is cool. We used to talk about the fakers in LA, but now you're one of them, and damn it hurts to say I should just what role do you see social media playing in your future career since it's played a fairly significant role in your early career? I mean, I'm definitely going to continue using TikTok Reels, YouTube Shorts, and all that. I mean, I think TikTok and the reach it has is incredible. I wonder what that's going to look like down the line, but I mean, for now, we're playing the same game. I don't see much changing. Has TikTok helped your career or has it complicated it at the same time? I love that question. Both. Absolutely. TikTok has made things possible that never would have been possible in a million years, but at the same time, consistency is super important. So I should be posting every day, but then it's also finding that balance of when am I thinking about posting? When am I living? Is this moment one that I should be filming or just experiencing? Does that also mean that you have to toe the line of being a content creator as well as a musician? Did you see me crying yesterday about the fact that I'm not an influencer? Because it happened. <laughs> I'm struggling with that a bit because I think that line is getting super blurred and I just want to write music. And I love that TikTok can help me put it out. I'm not looking to have everyone come along with every little thing in my life because then where's, where's the privacy? It's a situation I'm trying to figure out because, you know, I'll let people into some things and I love my fans and I love talking to them about everything but I also just can't be thinking about posting all the time which is kind of what the current music climate is like right now. Does TikTok ever just stress you out? It's funny because it's for a while been my like pastime like I'll you know everyone scrolls for hours before they go to bed and it's kind of a way that you decompress but sometimes I do it and I feel better and then sometimes I'm like ah, I'm still on this platform and I've been on this platform all day and I can't escape it you know. The urge I have to delete it sometimes is strong, but then I know all my drafts will go away and that won't be good for me. It definitely stresses me out, but I'm also super thankful for it. It's kind of 50-50 on that one.
Do you feel like you owe your career to TikTok? Not fully, because it takes people and obviously like the label is doing an insane amount, but I don't think the label necessarily would have found me without TikTok. I always kind of start the story there, even though I've been writing and performing forever. What was that like to go from writing and performing on your own and now you're with a label? My brain doesn't know how to process it. I've tried to think about like where I was two years ago or last year, <laughs> all of that. I'm definitely a little bit overwhelmed right now. I'm super grateful for everything happening, but my thoughts and emotions haven't been processing like normal. I don't feel a single thing. Have the pills done too much? Haven't caught up with my friends. I know you mentioned you have a single coming out. What can you tell me about that song? It's called Too Precious. I'm not sure exactly when it's coming out. It's kind of a similar theme to Alessia Cara's Here, where she's at the party and she doesn't want to smoke and drink, but she's just there. But it's about an experience I had where someone called me too precious because I didn't want to engage in those activities. And it's not that I'm anti-drinking or anti-smoking or this and that, but I just, it's not really my thing. I've grown up being excluded from events and friend things because I wasn't like that. Is that a difficult feeling to wrestle with where you want to be with your friends, but you want to be present and in the moment and they are all engaging in other activities? Yeah, I think over time I've gotten better at dealing with it. And also maybe it's because I'm an only child, but I do like my alone quiet time as well. And I'm an introvert, so I'm not mad being alone. <laughs> Definitely when I was in my formative growing up years was super difficult. With a name I can't pronounce And the dose I gotta take Looking at that growing up aspect and graduating in the middle of a pandemic, what were your thoughts with so much turbulence while also being a young person? I couldn't help but have a sense of humor about graduating in my living room because I was actually supposed to be studying abroad in Italy and Spain. And so it was kind of just the exact opposite of what it was supposed to be. And also like I graduated a year early. I took more classes than I had to, to like go into the workforce early. And I was kind of trying to be a bit of an overachiever. And then all of a sudden there are no jobs, <laughs> you know? It was super difficult mentally, but I mean, TikTok brought me out of that. But you know, I had plenty of calls with friends just thinking the rest of my life is gonna be like this and it'll never change. And I don't know how I'm supposed to get an entry level job. Cause actually it's so funny. So many entry level jobs require five years of experience. And I don't know how that you're supposed to do that. What did you get your degree in? I majored in communication and minored in business. I don't know what communication is, but we're doing it so we're fine. And then business, honestly, I think was more helpful to what's going on now because I've had to do my own accounting for a bit and stuff like that. I'm grateful I went to college though. I definitely learned how to do time management and I was also on the fencing team and had leadership positions and you know learned a lot about myself during those years. Did you still have music as a career in the back of your mind when you were in school? I studied communication and business with the intention of doing music. And also during college, I was in a band. I found some close friends of mine to this day over Facebook and we would just play covers and write together. We were called Omolo, which is Emily, except all of the vowels are O's. And we would perform around and, and have fun. But 
there wasn't really a pressure on music yet. all of the places, iTunes and Apple Music and Spotify and Amazon and Pandora and Deezer and I don't think I can name all of them off the top of my head but everything's under and Byhold. Byhold is B-E-I-H-O-L-D. I'm on all the socials. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of Music Wave. For more episodes you can go to www.whje.com or listen to Music Wave on all streaming platforms. To stay up to date with what we're working on, follow us on Instagram or Twitter at music.wave.official. Show your support for Music Wave by becoming a monthly contributor. I have been your host, Brianna Guns. Signing off.